My name is Chris Bear and welcome to Just Fucking Win on Saturday at 3. On this episode, myself and the guys will be looking ahead to Rangers' last home game of the season against Hearts this Wednesday. Joining me to go through this is, first of all, Tom. Tom, how are you doing? Very well, thank you, Chris. Thank you very much. Thank all good. Um, joining Tom and I is Dave. How do you, mate? It's going to be a battle, an uphill struggle, and but I'm sure if we dig deep, we will find something to talk about tonight. Aye, well, there, there, there is a good few things, um, a few few surprising things as well, I'm sure, because Rangers have just had their player of the year night, um, and got our teeth into that, um, and joining Tom, Dave and I is finally Eddie, Eddie, how are you mate? I'm good mate, but the fact that you've just brought up the uh, team awards and talk about getting into that has kind of disappointed me because it shows you didn't listen to me and Andrew's podcast from last night. I did or not. Um, well, you would be right. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so that point. is, we're really going to struggle for something to talk about now. No, we'll still talk about it, Dave, because that's the B show. So um, that's like the B Ooh. team. <laughs> not many people talk about the B team, do they? Uh, right, well, look, uh, it's kind of right that the content is a little bit scarce because. Well, at the end of it's been a, let's be honest, a fucking really, really bad season for us. Um, not many highlights. If you want to kind of look at any particular highlights, I'm sure we will do a, a deep dive pod on it um, over the next couple of weeks when there's like literally no football, but you'd probably say PSV. So it's it's been a, a shit show. There is reasons for that as well, of course. It's been a lot of upheaval, but I will get into the reasons soon. I've, I've done some number crunching, as I said to you guys offline, um, yet to reveal to you guys what I've crunched. But um, when we get to that, I'm sure, uh, I know it's kind of cryptic that it's it'll be shocking, but you won't be shocked. You will see what I mean when we get there. Um, what a way to start a podcast there, just be totally cryptic, but you know, we need to give the, the listeners a hook. Um, let's just start with Hearts before we go to Rangers. Let's just get the kind of meaningless stuff out of the way before we, we go to Rangers. And look, they beat Aberdeen at the weekend there. A pretty good result. A must-win uh, game for them, actually. They're now two behind Aberdeen, but they're in such a situation now that if we beat them at Ibrox on Wednesday and Aberdeen go on to win their game, Aberdeen secure third place. Um, so really, Dave... We need to do what the Rangers women team done and just sort of kind of give the game to the opposition, don't we? <laughs> Aye. Uh, they done that, of course. Of course they did, yep. I was there and it was definitely uh, part of the global worldwide Masonic conspiracy that's designed to keep them down. Uh, the Rangers players celebrating the way they did sort of, I found a bit uncomfortable, but definitely not just a counter-attack because Rangers were actually chasing the game and did manage to score even though we requested it our own goal. But I'm struggling to keep up with the mental gymnastics, to be honest. I'm finding it quite hard. <laughs> it's, uh, it's, been, it's been quite rather fun on social media uh, the last 24 hours because it has been absolutely mental how Celtic fans are, and I know we're not off on a pure tangent here, but just the Celtic fans getting off their nut that a Rangers goal was disallowed and stuff. And, and then, obviously, i seen today that they brought up the Moshney goal against... Albion Rovers that I can't even fucking. I mean, <laughs> I, I mean, I had fucking deleted Bilal Mosney from my mind that whole period. I was at that game and I, honestly, watching it back, zero recollection of it, and it's stored in these people's minds as oh. a kind of ready go to and the off chance that there's a goal disallowed for a bars in the keeper. So I don't, I don't know if you guys covered it last night. I've not had a chance to listen, but if I just dwell on that for a minute, the, the, the keeper palms up for Glasgow City and the minute Catherine Hill leaves the ground, the full ground knew it was going to get disallowed. It's the most obvious disallowed goal you've ever seen in your life. I think yeah. even she knew it was going to get disallowed. You can't turn your back and barge on the keeper. I can confirm got... we didn't cover it in any detail. We mentioned it, but... Right. I, I, I had to be honest in that I've got no kind of real knowledge on the women's game, so I didn't want to insult them by pretending like I knew what happened or anything like that. But well, just to your own point here, Dave, do you want Hearts to win? <laughs> uh, no, nah. I don't care. Hearts and Aberdeen are much of a muchness to me. I just don't care. I'd rather just go to Ibrox and see us continue our reasonable enough recent form where I can a tidy win. Mm, yeah, it's a difficult one because... I, I'm 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 with you on that, Dave. I, I don't actually care who gets the third place. Um, will stick in my throat a little bit if we manage to hand it to Aberdeen, but in the grand scheme of things, I really couldn't give a fuck. Um, Eddie, how how are you feeling about it? Um, we'll obviously come on to a few things Rangers related, but obviously from a Hearts point of view, 
Um, they probably, well, they absolutely do have more to play for than Rangers get into this game. Um, Lauren Shankland is continuing his fine seasonal form. He's been brilliant all year. Uh, he's he's never really, it's, it's one of those ones with Lauren Shankland. We know he's a Rangers man, but he's never really impressed me when he's played against Rangers, which is bizarre because you always hear the old kind of cliche that if there's an old firm fan playing for a lesser club, they always try harder against the team that they support to obviously show the manager that they should be playing, um, they should be playing for us. But I don't think that really applies uh, to the to the Celtic boys, to be honest with you, because I, I can't remember a Celtic player ever really having a great game against Celtic, so maybe it's just a myth. Yeah, um, I'm not bothered about who gets third place out of Aberdeen and Hearts. It doesn't really interest me. I'm only bothered about how we do and whether we achieve what we want to achieve. But Shankland, um, you're right. I mean, he's, he's obviously had a really good season, but I don't watch an awful lot of uh, the games outside of when we're playing and you're right he's never really impressed when he's been up against us so you know I can see his stats online and they look fairly impressive there's been talk of whether we should go for him or not uh, I couldn't say from watching him when I played I would be overly enamored if we brought him in as we're number one or even number two striker if he was the third choice striker fair enough but again it would have to all depend on kind of the finances really because like I say he's not done enough against us when I've seen him to make me want to warrant a decent investment in him. For me, Eddie, we've already got a player who's better than Lauren Shankland but isn't good enough for us, and that's Cholak, and I've deliberately made that point to you. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to... Yeah, I've got no problem with Cholak. I think he's decent enough. I, I wouldn't want him to be our number one striker, but I'm okay with him being a squad player. I think he can come in and give us something when we need it. Um, you know, we can play him against for St Mirren's. We're Dundee's, Dundee United's, teams like that. Um, I'd have no problem with that, but certainly wouldn't want him to go into the season as the number one striker, that's for sure. Yeah, no, I would agree with that. Tom, Hearts are a funny one because they started brilliantly, really, when you think about it. Obviously, they had a kind of stuttering start uh, because they had the European games, but obviously, when they started to get into their, their rhythm of two games a week, they, they were running away with it. They, they had basically sealed that for place. Um, just before January and ever since then they have absolutely fell off a cliff and that's with playing less games in the second block of the season than the first so it's a really bizarre scenario that they found themselves in because usually these teams like Hearts and Aberdeen and, and Hibs if they do have European football throughout the year they find it easier in the second half of the season with less games whereas Hearts are the reverse they, they found it easier with the more games so do you think that was a contributing factor that this is a team of players that really need to play game after game after game in order to get up a rhythm uh, and obviously the less games that they've been playing obviously you get the World Cup break they keep, they're getting forced in as well um, do you think that's the reason why they've just completely uh, let's be honest it's a collapse not that we care but obviously they're the opposition yes def- definitely a collapse um, maybe it's to do with the training maybe they've got a group of players who don't train very well and are better you know, working with the ball on a pitch rather than doing anything te- tactical yeah. just you know, give, give them the ball and say carry on is what suits them better it's, yeah, well, obviously the, the, there was rumours that the the problem was was Robbie Nielsen, um, and they removed Robbie Nielsen and they replaced him with Dave's favourite guy, um, Stephen Aismith. So Dave, I know you've got a lot of love for Stephen Aismith. Do you want to, do you want to um, give him a kind of open letter on the podcast here? Uh, and I've said all I have to say about him in various other outlets. Just no, uh, if we could no. squash I'll... his managerial career before it starts, that would be quite nice. Well, I'm actually going to take this opportunity to air my views because I don't actually think I've really publicly, maybe a few times in heart and hand, but I've never actually unadulteratedly just gave my views on Stephen Naismith. Do you know why I hate Stephen Naismith so much, right? Obviously, he done what he done, um, and and it was unforgivable, and I almost gave him that olive branch when they played Celtic in the cup final, whereas if he actually led them to victory, I would have probably found it my heart to forgive him, but that was a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity, which he failed at. Um, but the reason it hurts so much and the reason that I actually hate him so much and the reason that he is just never going to be welcome in any Rangers-related setting from now until the end of his life, whether it be after dinner speaking, whether it be on the circuit, whether it even be attending matches at Ibrox, um, for me is because uh, I loved him so much. I genuinely, he was one of my favourite players. He, I fucking love Stephen Naismith and uh, he broke my heart, Dave. Um, I actually think you're pretty similar to me, aren't you? Totally. I loved him as well. He was the... I feel the same way about Cantwell. That kind of attitude and edge he's got and, and talent. I, I loved him. 
and he twisted the knife and we were at probably the lowest point yeah. emotionally yeah. during that whole period. So, now nah, for me, I wouldn't even let him in to manage, but I don't think you're allowed to do that. <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, Adi, you get any views on Mr Naismith? Yeah, yeah. So, I used to have a season ticket for Newcastle as well. And when Naismith played for Everton, I used to sit in the Gallagher booing him every single time he touched it. And all the people around me be like, why are you just Jordan's looking around you going, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah. And so I'd, I'd happily sit and explain why I was booing him. But every single time Everton came to Newcastle, I would be there booing him, whether it was during the warm up, whether it was during the match, just the minute I'd see him, I'd be sitting there giving it big boo. Tom, round off the Naismith chat. Are you a lover or a hater? No, I'm, I'm fairly in the hating camp. Oh, it, was, it, was un- it was unforgivable. His, his actions. Oh, it was, it was. I, I mean, obviously, it's, it's never healthy to go over old ground, but, you know, this is the first game that he's going to manage against Rangers, and, do you know what, I was kind of tongue-in-cheek at the start, let's let hearts run, but, nah, we've we'll, we'll spoke about this, <laughs> you've got my back up now, so let's fucking, I'm with Dave, let's crush him before he even starts. Um, and, do you know what, Stephen, it's your own fault, so, um, yeah, but look, that's enough hearts chat, let's talk about Rangers now, so, um, Let's let's start with the player of the year. Um, I know Eddie, as you said, you obviously uh, touched it with t- touched upon it with Andrew. Uh, I'll just run through the awards very quickly. Player of the year, Tav. Players, player of the year, Tav. Top goal scorer, Tav. Goal of the season, Cholak away at PSV. Young player of the year, Tillman. Um, like I'm not going to talk about the awards that were um, basically tappings. It was a Tav show, of course. It was. He deserved. Uh, let's be honest. He deserved all the awards he got. Um, young player of the year was always going to be Tillman. The, the contentious one for me is, is Cholak away. I just, I, I do not understand that one at all in the slightest. So the only thing we could think of as the reason for it was what it meant in that we got back into the Champions League. Because the goal itself is just a simple tapping. It's a nothing. We were both, as it was announced, we weren't even sure at first whether it was the home one or the away one. Um, oh, that, the, the home one was better. Yeah, yeah, I know. that because But even the home one, we were like, well... Again, there's nothing in it, so it must be the away one purely because it meant it got us into the Champions League. But you know, goal of the season for a tap in it's a farce. Uh, pretty much sums up the season, doesn't it, Tom? Yeah, it's technical issue there. Yeah, it does, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. Your, yeah technical issue, your technical issue pretty much sums up the season. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all, all the way back to pick a goal. It's not the best goal, but we'll just call it anyway. Uh, no, I mean. Was it just maybe just to say so it wasn't just completely the tough show? Well, the the tough free kick at Parkhead is obviously, well, let's be honest, that is the goal of the season, but it's, it was never going to win the award because obviously we get beat. But for me, Tillman's goal against Motherwell has to surely be the goal of the season, the proper goal of the season. Dave, would you agree with that or have you got a better, um, a better candidate, a better pick? No, for me, probably Tillman's. We've done a World Cup of goals on the goal of the year, uh, calendar year in the pod towards the end of the year last year and that won by a distance for mm. its quality so aye for individual quality and inspiration it's that goal it's the fact obviously it meant what it meant the, the PSV goal and we celebrated it hard and it was great but I mean to cast up the Champions League and that whole campaign at the player of the year do just seemed to another weird move you think mm. they just they gave it to Tillman just to sort of pretend the Champions League never happened yeah, no, I'd agree with that as well. So on to the, obviously, the Hearts game, um, looking at a few players out, Cholak, Goldson, Wright, Davis are definitely out, Morelos possibly out, Kent possibly out, they join Hollander, Davis, Lawrence, Offerbar, Roof and Tillman. Um, so this is the, the numbers that I crunched. So we've got 31 senior players, um, 31 players who have, who have played this season. 30 really if you take out off the ball, but I've, I've included them here. So 31 players in the book. And um, can any of you guess how many of those players have been injured this season? Uh, I'll start with you, Eddie. Oh, um, 20? There we go. So um, Eddie's ruined the game. Uh, <laughs> that's right. It's 20. 20. 20 players from a squad of 31 players have been injured this season, one way or another for Rangers, whether it's long term or short term. Um, most of them actually, such as the freakish nature of the season, most of them have been long term. If you judge long term, it be more than two months. Uh, obviously, some uh, mitigating circumstances there. Hollander carried on his injury from last season. Hadji carried on his injury from last season, as did Offerball. But the luck we've had, Dave, it's... I'm cynical, and I'm not going to say it's luck. I think there's been some mega mismanagement 
up there at the Rangers training centre. Oh, absolutely. We've covered that in depth. I'm thinking, I was actually going to, I was waiting a day and I thought we were going to do kind of higher or lower. I was actually going to see everybody that's been injured at some point. Well, do you know something? Eddie's that kind of guy that does that, right? I was genuinely expecting Eddie to go 30. Like, just ruins the game straight away. As soon as the boss kicked, he's ruined the game. Like, where do you I, go from there? But <laughs> you, you did say we'd be surprised. And I'm, I'm very surprised that there's 10 who have avoided injury. Because <laughs> I couldn't name them. I couldn't name the 10. I think, yeah, uh, I, I, as I was going through the list, I'll go through the list because I might have missed I might have missed some. So the ones that I didn't count as being injured was McGregor. Agree with that? Yeah. Tav? Mm, I think he missed a couple of games. There was rumours that he was carrying yeah, injury. I don't think he missed a game, but there was rumours he was carrying something. Uh, again, this is another one that has been rumours, but I've classed him as not being injured. Lundstrom, but he actually himself said that he was carrying injury, but... He didn't yep. actually miss a game through the injury, so I, I didn't count him. Cantwell, so... Yeah. I'll fucking touch every bit of wood, fucking throw the salt <laughs> out of the shoulder. Jesus <laughs> Christ. Don't even say that, man. Get the fucking lucky horseshoes out, Jesus. Kamara, he's not been injured. Mm. He's injured now. He's currently injured. Is he? Yeah. That's what he is. <laughs> he got injured on Friday. <laughs> Right, okay, so that's 21. Um, I've also had Sakala, he's not been injured. Okay, yeah. Oh, it has. Depends well, on your definition of injured. Aye. <laughs> Barisic, um, Again. currently injured. Depends on you. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, he is currently injured, yeah. Um, right, okay. McLaughlin, he fair. Was injured. I'm um, sure he was injured at some point. Again. At the start of the season, I think he was, he was carrying a knock. I genuinely don't remember. Arfield, he's not been injured. I know that he's not been injured because he's been available. Yeah. Just about yep. Leon, King, uh, Leon King and Adam Devine. So you're there into youth players, right? Aye. So Arfield, basically. <laughs> he's been the, he's been the work John McLaughlin was injured for 24 days. Because remember, it was when uh, McGregor... Ed, he, McGregor was out for some reason and McLaughlin was going to come in but then he came down with an, a mysterious illness or a mysterious injury back in September and it was basically just he, he'd realised that he was crap and he didn't want to play anymore and see even that list right I know that there's a few who we technically could exclude from the list but they've all suffered knocks rumours injury drop offs for one reason or another or just age none of that list of 10 has had a complete clean slate and being a relative ever present or a regular yeah, yeah. Oh, oh sorry like Tav obviously played the year right Lundstrom played most games but none's had a flawless season if you know what I'm getting at yeah, no. so we've uh, not had a core of 6 or 7 guys who've just delivered an 80% of matches at their best level Alan McGregor missed one game with an injury as well <laughs> but again, again, even the McLaughlin, <laughs> King, the VOD dropped off. King had a dip in confidence after getting battered in the Champions League, no through any fault of his own, things like that. So it's, it's like we're doing a sketch like for Blackadder goes forth, reading out a casualty list, <laughs> trying to work out who's still alive. It's like the walking wounded. It really is. It really is because Tom, obviously, me and Dave are, are more cynical in terms of we think it's mismanagement. I'm not saying that you disagree or agree, but what I'll ask you is whether Bisgrove, um, whether believes it is mismanagement or just bad luck. Either way, this needs to be investigated, and he needs to take the lead. Well, he needs to delegate this investigation to whoever he appoints as a sporting director, because it certainly, absolutely, has to be looked into. Um, I would go as far as, I wouldn't look into just why it's happened to Rangers, I would go as far as look at these players that were brought in, look at the, obviously the condition that they were in before they came to Rangers, was that investigated, look at the medical reports when obviously their medicals were getting done, look at the treatment we gave them, look at the AI system that we use, just look at obviously the advice that these um, medical guys at the Rangers Training Centre have been given, look at the programmes that the players have been given, Is it, does it suit their body? Um, because something has went wrong somewhere and regardless if it is mismanagement or bad luck, it needs to be investigated. Would you Would you agree with that? Would you go along with that? 100%. Yeah, there's there's no way it can be bad luck. I mean, even you look at your initial number of 20 that we, that we have just shot down, two-thirds of the team were injured at were owing to bad luck and that's, that's virtually impossible. You know, a statistician would just say, the chance. So, mm-hmm. It has to be something else, or is it an amalgamation of everything? So we've signed 
players who are a bit injury prone, other time players who, you know, you can have, have a bit of a niggle. We don't manage it properly, and it's something major. Well, for, for me, the the kind of Eddie, you know where I'm going with this. I'm going to have my favourite blame game here, but it's it's factual. You look at every single player that was brought in over the summer. They've all had an injury um, at some point this season. And it's it's not just been a niggly injury. You you look at it, you know, start start from right from defence. Yilmaz, three months with a torn hamstring. Um, and then you go to, obviously, Lawrence. He played seven games and we've not seen him since. We don't, actually, we don't actually even know what's happened to him there. Cholak, he's missed about three, four months of the season, all told. Suter, he arrived broken and... You can say that we've we've obviously got him up to speed again, but we don't know because he might be doing another breakdown because we, we don't know his um his pattern when he's coming back from an injury. And history suggests that he will break down again. No fault of his own. Cracking player, by the way, really like Big John Sutter. Rabbi Matondo, another player. Um I mean he must have missed two or three months of the season at the very least. At the very least. Ben Davis, um, I mean, he didn't get his start a 90-minute game for the first two months, and then he's been injured on and off, on and off, and he's currently out with an injury again. Um, this, uh, you know, Malik Tillman, Malik Tillman, his uh, season's finished. Um, that's another muscle injury there. You can even go as far as Nico Raskin. Did Nico Raskin actually arrive at Rangers fully fit? I do not know. Um, so th- th- it just can't be bad luck, can it? No, there's definitely something wrong with the medical team. And I think everyone's kind of picked up on that since, like, I don't know the name of the guy, but the the guy that we had in when Gerard was here. Yeah, it was Dr. Mark Waller, did he? Right, okay. Well, since um, he's left, because while he was here, we didn't really have any of these long-term injuries. We were quite probably the fittest we've ever seen a Rangers team. And then since he's left, we've gone back to what I'm going to refer to as Rangers of old, because we've always historically had injury issues at the club. And it just seems to have just taken a massive step backwards now, whether that's solely down to the medical team or whether when we're recruiting players, we're not really looking into their medical history enough. I I don't know. Um, But hopefully when the new director of football comes in, that's something we can just reset and look at and make sure that we've got a a capable medical um, backroom team going forward to prevent these injuries. And, you know, if we bring in one of the... One of the names that gets bandied around for the director of football, Christian Nerlinger. I'm sure he knows a thing or two about signing players that <laughs> have a, a positive medical history. Well, the, the thing is, Dave, it kind of fits your narrative a wee bit that the reason we get these players is genuinely because they're available and they're available for a reason. Um, and you can point to a lot of the players we've had this season as being available because maybe they're not good enough. But again, the more sinister, cynical me maybe states that they're available because they're just, you know, no robust enough to deal with top flight football. Possibly that's one part of it. As I say, Ross Wilson apparently went to these sort of transfer Tinder match-up things and said <laughs> before, I, I think that's how we piece this particular squad together, the one that we've been told the best we've ever seen, in spite of all the evidence. And possibly if you're going to one of these things, you're not going to dish out your best assets. We're not going to these we can't well. We're going to these try to re-offload Rabbi Matondo, you know what I mean? Or Yilmaz, because we know he might be injury prone or something like that. So, aye, that's part of it. But on the data, on the numbers front and the, the stats, I think these stats are valid and they tell the story, but I think they only tell a very small part of it. I think if you actually compared the injury data to other clubs and looked at length of time out, matches missed and all the rest of it, I think you would get an even bigger fright because I think where we are... Actually, I'm watching uh, Newcastle play Leicester City and Mark Wallace just appeared on the telly. Uh, <laughs> Sorry, in the background there he's standing. <laughs> Fucking, you're, you're full. Unreal. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking, like, come on, I wanted Newcastle to score before. I wanted to score even more now. Hey, uh, Martin's a good man. Uh, he's, he's left us a bit in the lot spot, so he can just get in. He can get the championship, maybe come back. Um Aye, I, I think the data would frighten you even more and it's got to be an absolute core KPI of the director of football next season to make sure that we hit whatever the benchmark is for players being available at the upper end of it because we're going to go into next season with a rebuilt squad, which is just the way things have panned out for us, but a, probably a weaker squad, two or three players weaker than Celtic. So we need, I've said it before, force, force multipliers. We need medical staff who can keep Tav, Goldson, 
Cantwell in particular, whoever replaces Morelos and Kent, we need to keep them fit. They need to play 75-80% of games at a minimum, and the other ones only because they're rotated. Because this is this season's derailed for, I mean, pretty much everything that could go wrong for a football club who's gone wrong for us this season. But the injuries have just absolutely undermined or led to or exacerbated every other problem that we've had. Rabbi Matondo, in my view, isn't good enough to play for Rangers and be a regular starter, but that cause certainly isn't fucking helped by the fact that he missed a whole chunk of football and then has to get back up to speed. Yeah, no, I'd agree with that. Tom, this is one for you, because I don't think um, Eddie or Dave will actually get this. Well, they shouldn't anyway, but um, Dave talks about Ross Wilson shopping in the transfer tinder. Tommy was clearly shopping on plenty of pish, wasn't he? <laughs> <laughs> Bastard, why have I never thought of that? Bastard. Uh, just sitting there going, what's going on? I don't know, I'm a half married. For, well, Eddie, there's a dating website. What's the other one? <laughs> There's a dating website called. Yeah, is it, is it? <laughs> I, do you know what? Um, we'll, we'll talk and Dave will do what Dave does. He'll sit there quietly thinking another one and he'll just beat us uh, towards the end of the podcast. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I was thinking it's more likely Bumble. You know, Bumble, they have to approach you. And I don't actually think he went looking for it. Just have, yeah, have this. <laughs> I will. But um, look, no, it's, it's, it's a fundamental KPI. I would agree with that. With, with, what Dave just said there, um, absolutely must address that. So let's obviously go into some talking points, um, some of the things that, that, that Michael Beale said. So he said there should be a few farewells. Um, look, there should be more than a few fare- more than a few farewells. There should be a, a whole mass of farewells. Uh, there, there should, well, according to Michael Beale himself, he said that at least 12 players will be leaving. Whether that comes to fruition or not, I don't know. I'd rather some of them just slipped out the back door than well, yeah. I was gonna say I was gonna say so if you if you were to kinda pick the ones who actually deserve it, you know, you would put Morelos there, you would put McGregor there, you would put Stephen Davis there. The rest, I don't I'm I, if I'm going to Ibrox on Wednesday because I'm still undecided on it because Eddie sold my ticket. Um I don't know who who else I would be happy to, you know, say farewell to other than, than those guys. Kent I'm still not convinced he's leaving. I'm really not. But they do deserve to say goodbye. Um, McGregor does deserve to play the full game. Morelos, does he deserve to play the full game? Is he even fit enough to play the full game? I don't know. If he is fit enough to start, I would start him. Then he can obviously be taken off after 70 minutes and get his fun farewell. Wouldn't it be Wouldn't it be comfortable with him coming on for the last 15, 20 minutes? I think he deserves more than that. Um, I'm not interested in, oh, we need to do it with Special Rangers. We... We've won. We've not won anything. We've secured second place. Win, lose, or draw, it does not matter. And I think for what Alfredo Morelos has given us over the last kind of five years, he certainly deserves that. And you can say what you want about Alfredo Morelos. Clearly, it has caused us problems throughout the years. But the amount of money that guy's made us through his goals and his contribution to Rangers, um, he absolutely deserves a send off. So that that for me is the ones that I'd be looking forward to seeing: McGregor, Davis, and Morelos uh, saying bye to them. As I said, I'm not convinced about Kent. Um, guys, you you're obviously a wee bit older than me, so you'll remember um, when Alberts was leaving. And two guys was trying to kind of hog the limelight with him. Um, and everybody was basically like, fuck off. You want to say bye to George? Why are you kind of trying to get get yourself in the camera here? Um, I swear to fuck, if I go to Ibrox on Wednesday and Scott Wright is standing in front of Alan McGregor, as Alan McGregor's trying to say bye to us, I will run on the pitch myself and remove him. Um, so there better be none of that. That's, that's all I've got to say. Eddie, what's your, what's your thoughts on the farewells? No, I think that's fair enough. That Especially with Morelos, he's frustrated everyone at times but he's also given us some of the biggest highs we've had as Rangers fans over the last kind of at least the last decade anyway um so I think he definitely deserves a, a proper send-off McGregor um McGregor had one Scottish Cup final last year oh, well. he got given a proper send-off and then for some reason came back mm. so I'm not I'm not too bothered about whether he gets one or not if I'm perfectly honest I'm more of the mind frame I'd like to see McCrory play as much as possible between now and the end of the season don't mind bringing McGregor on for another kind of last few minutes of the game just to say bye, but I'm not that bored by him playing the full game, if I'm honest. But you're right, if they come out after the, the game and go around and say bye to the fans, it would be a shame if some no-mark came in and stole that limelight away from them. It's not just, that I'm calling two-guy a no-mark, by the way, but yeah, no, you know, at, at the time it was just, it wasn't. And the grand scheme of things, it pretty much is a no-mark compared yeah. to 
George Alberts, but I have to say, Eddie, it's a swinging brick you've got. Um, I, I would much rather see McGregor um, play his last ever game at Ibrox. I know he's got the testimonial coming up, but his last ever competitive game at Ibrox, um, he, certainly, he certainly does deserve that. And by the way, I agree with you. It was a joke that he got that new contract and stuff, but if you're Al McGregor, you're signing that every day of the week, so it's not his fault. Um, that's just a, a decision that Rangers made, and it was another poor one. Dave, what's your thoughts on it? couple of things. I think you've been hard on two guy there. Uh, Tuguay was a bit of a cult hero I think he was popular enough to get away with it at the time and I think most most people would rather he stayed and there was a recognition that he'd probably been treated a bit unfairly so I'm not too bored about him the one that sticks in my throat is Gavin Ray doing the lap on a wee dad over uh, and Stefan Kloss I know that was so right? that was so so out of place man you're absolutely right I was like I, rem- I was there that day and I'm like why the fuck is oh like nah there's another one, the Boers and Moles and somebody fucking else, some other doughball joined in that. Who we didn't that like? Flubbles? They get, the Rangers gave them flubbles in the middle of the park. Is that Aye. Really? Aye. Somebody, who, somebody wholly undeserving get involved in that. I, know, I can't remember who, but I always remember because I was properly tears when Dado left and I loved Gloss as well. And I just remember thinking to myself, Gavin, just get off the pitch, mate. Just get off the pitch. But that leads me on to... Henningberg. It was Henningberg jumped in. And I quite like Henningberg as well. I'm not sure about that. Yeah. To... Well, that's the only person that's coming up when I've that right? Okay, maybe maybe Henning did, did quite deserve it. Maybe that's just my head. But see, there's going to be a bit of discussion about this in the farewells thing. And I'm with you, Chris. I think McGregor, it's his last game at Ibrook. He deserves to be part of it, I think. And he's been a good servant over the piece. Him and Davis definitely. I don't think he'd grudge them. But then you get. The flip side of that, you get fans who go, oh, Morelos and Kent just getting me fucked, blah, blah, blah. And as a da, myself, Rangers da, right, and being older, my view is that we need to give these guys a bit of send-off and appreciate them because for about 50% of that stadium, these guys will be the only heroes they've ever had. They never saw Gaza, Loudrop, Perzo winning trophies. And as Eddie says, the moments these guys have gave us, it's not resulted in a huge amount of silverware, but in Europe... I've said before I wouldn't swap what we did in Europe in the last three, four years for for a couple of cups. The nights we had and the journeys we had were incredible. So if you want to stand up and stay and applaud Ryan Kent and Alfredo Morelos, I'm behind you because there'll be wee guys there, but guys at 18, 19, 20, and the only heroes they'll have and remember is going to be Kent for what they did against Celtic, Morelos for Europe. So I hope we, we do give them a send-off and I hope it's, I mean, I'll be emotional, particularly Alfredo, because he was the first one for me that made me believe we were back. We had a star player and a bit of star quality about us. So I'll be I'll be sad to see the two of them leave and probably have a wee tear in my eye and applaud them off. And the young team are entitled to that moment. And I don't think it's fair that guys like me who've seen Loudrop, Gaza, Goff, Gorham, McCoy stall leave, turn their nose up at that or kind of sneer at them for that because they don't compare to our legends. Every generation needs their own. Legends and the definition of that is different now because you don't have 10, 15 year careers and one club men and, and the, the, sort of what we had in nine in a row with a squad that stays together. So aye, I'll be staying to applaud these guys because I appreciate what they've done for us through some difficult times and gave us some good moments. And uh, I think it's tawdry of the club and what I'm worried about, which leads me on to my next point and it's back to the player of the year. We we gave Alfredo a European top goal scorer award last night and then the club never tweeted it. I think they might have knew it. I'd be looking at Twitter there and a photo has emerged. But the club's record of treating guys who've done as a turn has been pretty poor. Lee Wallace, Morelos, Kenny Miller. There's been guys who've more than done as a turn who've been treated, but in my opinion, pretty poorly by the club. And that seems to be a bit of a thread with this board. And it's quite tawdry. And I really hope that this doesn't continue and I hope that Alfredo Morelos is at least involved. Start him and take him off is my preferred option. Bringing him on and taking him back off just to see his fucking reaction. <laughs> a good laugh. But I, I, I hope he's involved and I hope the club don't just completely snub him and he's no involved and he's no in the squad because that would be exceptionally fucking poor if it does come to pass because the last five, ten years, only maybe Tav could say he's done more for the club than Morelos. And he deserves, he's one of these guys that was beloved by the fans, he deserves the moment. And I say there's a wee part of me that just worried the club just going to be quite snide about it and leave him out. But I hope I'm wrong. Hey Dave, just on that, I was just checking there quickly. Uh, Morelos uh, tweeted, uh, sorry, Morelos put on Instagram, 
um, an official photo from last night where he's holding the award um, yep. against the kind of backdrop with the kind of sponsors board. You know, like the pictures that get taken of Tav and Tillman and Cholak. Aye, aye, aye. I, and, and Rangers haven't tweeted that out, um, but right. Marikos has put that on Instagram, so I think that's pretty cool. Um, and this this Rangers board have got a, a reputation of falling out with guys who are not leaving on their terms. Now listen, breakups happen, uh, good or bad. Um, Marikos can be a wee arsehole all he wants, um, but that does, we shouldn't be going to that level. If if, if us at Rangers think that Morelos has been a wee arsehole this year, and I'm talking about the, the board or whatever, that's fine because, I mean, it's pretty much unarguable. He's it, it, caused his problems. He's not been as professional as we expect. His form's not been great. But why we're allowing ourselves to go down to that level as well by being arseholes back um, is poor. Um, you, you, you look at the way, obviously, I'll not bring up a very polarising figure in Kenny Miller, but certainly Lee Wallace, the way he, he left the club, kind of bitter taste there, bitter taste for Davy Weir as well, the way he left the club. Yep, one we button just, on that note. We just have this very poor knack of showing a lack of class over the last couple of years when it's coming to treating guys who have actually done is a really, really big turn. Forget, for me, forget about how how it ended. Just remember the good times and then show a bit of class and saying bye. And Alfredo really does deserve deserve that, in my opinion. Um, Eddie, you want to come in here? Yeah, sorry, I just wanted to jump in and say, um, if we don't give him a send-off and, and we let it end the way it's currently looking like it could potentially end, 10 years down the line, we will potentially regret that. Whereas if we give him a send-off, if we bring him in, we do the, the gracious thing, let him start, bring him off, give him the round of applause, 10 years down the line, we won't regret that. Yeah. So there's absolutely nothing to lose by giving him the proper send-off and the, the thank you for the moments that he's given us over the last few years and everything to lose if we don't. Because it, it, for me, it is something we will regret. We will look back on it and say, we did wrong by him when we let, when he left. We didn't show him the proper appreciation that he deserved. It's mm. The one that came up recently was it was the possibly 20th anniversary, maybe not quite 20, actually. It was the anniversary of McCoist not getting brought on by Bobby yeah. Williamson. Yeah. And the clip yeah. of that came up, and I still felt viscerally disgusted as I did it the, on the day I was there, and I felt absolutely disgusted and sickened. And I watched it, and I, it made that emotion come back. And that was Bobby Williamson. Rangers did their bit, advocate, and Amoroso brought him onto the pitch. And he's had send off since McCoist Legends games, whatever. But it's not quite the same. And Amarillo's coming round we suit on won't be the same. Sitting in the stand won't be the same. Walking round we's sort of looking sheepish at the back of the lap of whatever the fucking lap of is. It's certainly no honour, but you know what I mean? And mixing him in with, with others who are leaving. You see Scott Wright and him doing the lap of honour at the end. No, Amarillo's deserves the whole stadium to acknowledge it by getting taken off mm. at a certain point or, or, or brought on or whatever. He deserves the, full, the acclaim of the full stadium. Possibly... Possibly Ryan Kent deserves that as well if he's fit, and not to be an afterthought. It's these guys are modern legends, and there's a whole generation of fans I say have only grown up with him. And I'm not going to say, oh, you can't call him that because I saw Loudrop. I'm gatekeeping the concept of a legend then, and I'm I'm not going to do that. I can't well can become the fucking Gaza this generation. We need to let fresh grass grow in respect to the club, and no be beholden to that. And I see I'm getting a wee bit wound up about it because I do fear the club are going to do it after their behaviour with the player of the year thing. And uh, aye, I just hope they, they get the chance to, to properly say goodbye. I, I don't I, I don't feel that the club are going to do it, Dave, to be honest. I think they will do the right thing because Bill has spoken about it. And, you know, I, I, I get the kind of joke here that I'm setting up for myself that, you know, just because Michael Bill said it doesn't mean that it's going to happen because obviously it's track record and that kind of thing. But I, I, I genuinely don't think he would set set himself up that 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 open to ridicule to to mocking if he's telling the fans there'll be some farewells we all know who he's talking about we all know who he's referring to and then we go on wednesday and then there's no alfredo i, I just can't see that being the case at all whatsoever and you know something see if, see if that is the case it's it's a bad start for the Bisgrove uh, bennett era and they'll be fully aware of that as well so i think they will do the right thing um, Tom, what's your view on it? I think it's all about it's the messaging, isn't it? It's the the right thing is to is to give Alfie give Morelos the send off that he deserves. That is not that's it. don't play him, stick him in a suit, let him do a little walk behind everybody else. He he needs he needs the opportunity. I think he deserves the opportunity to stand past this season to you know take the acclaim and support and to support 
deserve the opportunity to say goodbye to him. Yeah. No. What I'd also say, everything, every player who's potentially leaving deserves that chance to be to be on the pitch and set in and take a farewell. And, you yeah. know, including the likes of Scott Wright, because they they will never ever play for a couple of biggest Rangers again, and they they deserve that chance to come out at fifty thousand, you know, full full capacity. I so you know, maybe a couple hundred off it, and just see see that crowd again. Don't know if I'm fully on board with that, Tom, because uh, <laughs> if you could just get the back door, just open the gates, man, to, and let them fucking walk. You're gonna have away. to check out a no on that one I mean, as well. <laughs> I mean, what I would I mean, what I would say, you know, I would caveat it is, you know, you get everybody who's who potentially leaving. So, you know, so I'm going to use Scott Wright as an example. Well, well mentioned the, the press and what have you that he's he's for the off. Let them out. But the likes of McGregor, Davis, Arfield, if they're leaving, they almost keep you know keep them on a pitch a bit longer. You know, you get your stewards or, you know, you're, uh, you're playing you know, stuff. Right, Scott, you've had your chance. Come down the tunnel, let these ones, you know, be on there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I suppose, like Gavin Ray should have done. Had the decency. <laughs> the decency and the self-awareness. Former Rangers captain Gavin Ray. Uh, yeah, I show him the respect that he deserves. No, but seriously, in, in all seriousness, in, in all seriousness to, to Tom's point now, um, I suppose my opinion there is in the kind of lesser players who will obviously believe in the club. Um, they, they've had a couple of years at it in a Rangers shirt and they've not been able to grasp that. So they've, they've been there when everything was on the line and they couldn't get us over the line. Um, and I get that Morelos and Kent are part of that as well, but they've they seen they, they, they done everything they possibly could to almost single-handedly get us over the line more than these other lesser players. And um, they had a real chance to have a really good career at Rangers. They were given everything, everything, um, everything was supplied to them. There was no excuses ever made. Gerald made that clear as soon as Gerald became manager, and it continued on into Geo, and it continued on into, on to Bill. No excuses were made. Everything was supplied to these players. Um, they had the top medical facilities, and again, there's a joke in there, obviously, but the top sports science. They had the top facilities. Um, they had the top kind of hospitality. Um, you know, uh, features in, in terms of those, they had their meals cooked for them every day and stuff like that. They, they were absolutely pampered and all that was required from these guys was to work hard and then go into the park for 90 minutes, uh, maybe twice a week and show us, um, well, not even show us, just win football matches for us and more often than not, they, they didn't do that. So I'm not, I'm not really asked about the ones who have came here for a kind of cup of tea or a, or a coffee and and not done anything, and, and, and in many ways actually um, been given second and third chances when you actually look at it. How many players are going to be leaving this summer that you felt should have left maybe one or two years ago? So for me, this is all about the stalwarts. The stalwarts are McGregor and Davis, and then the, it, I know, Dave, you've kind of, you don't want to put the, any players in a box because there's different um, contexts around what a legend is nowadays in the modern game to, to what it was maybe in your day, but what I think... Yeah, but Listen to Maddie. I'm only forty, fuck's sake. Well, mate, that's that's still, you know, that's <laughs> yeah. I, I can actually make you feel even older. That's still a generation more than me. So, um, you you actually seen the whole nine in a row, didn't you? So I, I think I'm entitled to class you as being a back in your day kind of guy. <laughs> Fucking hell, right? Thanks. Um, but I think what's unarguable is at the very least, Kent and Morelos are cult heroes. So. They, they do deserve they, they do deserve the the kind of the send off that has warranted the the their um, career has warranted sorry um, another really kind of it's it's like fucking X Factor or Pop Idol or whatever I don't know but we're getting a new signing on Wednesday like never in my life never in my life have I known anything like this to happen at Rangers Football Club. And I'll, I'll even go as far as saying I don't think I've ever known anything this to happen in football. Now, listen, I remember Joey Garner was announced at halftime in a game under Warburton, but that was just merely coincidence, I think. That wasn't pre-planned or anything. I, I don't really know the circumstances in there, but Warburton certainly didn't say you're going to be introduced to a new signing uh, during this game, whereas Bill essentially has. We're going to be, we're going to see a new signing at Ibrox on Wednesday. Um, I don't... I don't understand it. It's it's pretty cheeky. It's pretty wanky. I don't think the Rangers fans care much about this kind of thing. Just get the fucking signing announced and get the ball rolling. And to me, this has made this feel uh, 
I'll come to you first, but it's made this match feel like a testimonial um, in many ways because it's just going to be fun events and these wee things happening and let's look forward to this thing happening, let's look forward to that thing happening. Oh, by the way, oh fuck, we've still got a new signing to come. Oh, sit down, like, don't go for a fag or whatever. Um, that's not what football's about. That's not what Rangers are the Ibrox for, you know what I mean? Um, a, a couple of things. I, I think they'll announce it on the day. I don't think they'll announce it at the game. I think it'll be announced I hope after so. oh, Dave, Dave, well, Bill said it will be announced at Ibrox. That's his quote-unquote. But, but I'm still on board with Michael Bill. I think he's a good tactician, the right man. I've seen a lot of good signs. I wish he would stop saying things. <laughs> uh, because he's... he's We've discussed this before, quite naive in his dealings with the press, particularly in Scotland where everything's taken out of context and top of the show we talked about fucking the weirdness around the Rangers ladies' decisions and everything's twisted out of context. Cantwell was getting dogs abuse for being a diver even though Jota flung his The whole miasma of Scottish football is just so weird and toxic. Bill can't keep opening his mouth. But this is an instance where the media haven't really picked up on it but we have and he could make himself look like an idiot if there's no new signing. Which there's a let's be honest, a better than fair chance that there won't be any signing announced. And now it's another example of him saying something that doesn't pan out and then the signing gets announced on Thursday or Friday or doesn't get announced and he's opened his mouth and let his belly rumble. I I just he needs to be cuter. If there's gonna be a signing, let it be a surprise and aye. But again, back in my day, it wasn't uncommon for signings to be paraded during games before transfer windows like Rosenthal was I'm pretty sure Jardel was paraded, even though he never signed, and there was one or two others where they'd be come out at half time with a scarf above the head. Wasn't John Hartson paraded at one point? I don't think we got as far as he came out in his his training tracksuit, didn't he? Eh, uh, I don't remember that. I've, if I do, I've deleted that one from what? my memory. Was the name there already? John Hartson. No, no. Uh, John Hartson arrived at Ibrox uh, for his medical in the Wales tracking. Uh, ah, David Murray flew him up in his jet and then flew him back down. Um, took one look up and thought, nah. Um, I could get any the real reasons, but um, Hartson might sue me. So I think we all know the real reasons. Yeah, I. Um, oh, tell it, me a fair, I don't. Tell me a fair. I'll put it this way. It, 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 it didn't smell right, is all I'll say. <laughs> all right, okay. And it had nothing to do with hygiene, <laughs> by the way. Right, you're treading in thin ice there, i no, okay. Yeah. <laughs> so, aye. No signing. <laughs> um, I'd, I'll, be surprised. I'll, 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 I'll be surprised if it happens. How do you feel about it, Eddie? I don't know. It's just a bit of an odd one, really. It's, like, it's fan festival shit, you know? Really, when yeah, you think. We don't it's, keep, it's, it's been a shite season, and we're, we're trying to dress up this last game as being full of surprises and, and occasions and events, and it's just, nah, nah, just not for me. I think it's just, it's potentially that they were a bit worried that Ibrox was going to be a little bit empty for this game and they're trying to get as many people in just to make sure that A, the send-off for the players isn't too bad, but also B, it doesn't look as bad as like a half-empty Ibrox can look. Um, you just need to look at the 80th minute of games to, to see that, I suppose. But I, I don't know, it just feels kind of forced more than anything. Yeah. Tom? I think there's a phrase you can't polish your turd. Yeah. But Rangers can be doing the best to uh, prove that wrong and do it, yeah, roll it in glitter and do all the kind of gift wrapping. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, and then injure it. <laughs> but look, the thing is, the thing that I actually can see a bit of, not a backlash, but it might piss off a lot of people and some might argue it might piss off the right people and I would certainly be on board with that, but there is potential to annoy some people um, and maybe let some people down, you know, because I don't think we're going to meet the expectations of the signing. It's either going to be Kieran Dowell, Jack Butland, the boy from MLS, or uh, Malik Tillman. It's either going to be one of those four. Uh, or even the John Sterling. Um, so that's the five. It's either going to be one of those five. And then when it's one of those five, we're going to be like, right, cool, we know about that. Why are you telling us? Um, I thought it was going to be somebody else. I genuinely think that's what it's, that, that's that's how it's going to play out. Um, to if to be fair, if it is Malik Tillman, I'll be quite happy. That That's the one that will probably make me quite happy because there's still a bit of um, doubt that he'll actually sign for us and I would be really keen for him to sign so that's probably the only one out of that group that I would be happy about as aye, making a spectacle around Aye, that's fair because again, back at, you talked about Hartson De Boer was signed the same time and that was I'm pretty sure De Boer was paraded midweek that's exciting, signing a guy of that calibre De Boer, De Boer was a weird one because um, it was paraded, it wasn't paraded midweek, it was paraded 
um, fully in the kit, gave a press conference, and then David Murray says, oh, by the way, he's still to pass a medical, so it's still not 100%. Uh, uh, but that's and, still exciting. See if it's do John uh, Sterling, who none of have seen play. Uh, uh, it's a bit, you like, uh, right, OK, meh. Again, I, I, by uttering this and by putting out there, Bill's just made a bit of a rod for his own back. That's what I mean. That's what I mean. It's potential to be a bit of a damp squib. Um, I think I'd agree with Eddie. If it is Tillman, that probably will be like, holy shit, right, okay, that, that's pretty good. There is going to be still some fans that will be maybe disappointed with that. I, I don't know. But um, if it's any of the rest of the boys now, I, I'm really looking forward to Butland coming. Dowell, we'll see. The John Sterling, again, never seen him play. The boy from MLS, I just can't see being him, obviously, with the logistics of it. Um, so <laughs> you're starting a Rangers career off in quite a, a low, a, a, a low, um, low key, really. Um, so it's it's a wee bit unfair in him, I would say, if you're going to do that. And then obviously the, the, this game's been built around the kind of farewells, and then you're just bringing in the new blood as well. But look, it remains to be seen. Rangers may very well be pulling a. a uh, a rabbit out of the heart for us and it's somebody that's not been mentioned but I would pretty much uh, guarantee it's one of those five Tom would you think so as yourself yeah I think realistically uh, Dowell is probably the one that's most likely out of all the, all, all the ones that have been linked because mm-hmm. I, I mean I don't think Sterling's been confirmed as leaving Chelsea Botland hasn't been confirmed uh, to the only no, one I think he has been confirmed as leaving alright so the one was um, we know he man's been in, in Scotland Dowell yeah. been in Glasgow he's Norwich have confirmed he's leaving. Mm. You know, he kind of, the Norwich season's over. Tick, Tom, tick, tick. All your down heels make me know what to go on Wednesday, mate. You're depressing. <laughs> <laughs> Just text me and tell me who it is. <laughs> Aye, no, look. Like, if anything, there's a few things there to be looking forward to, as I said. I just, you know, maybe I'm just kind of really the quick. Best, the best possible outcome is that it's Shankland. <laughs> 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 just get him to fucking hold the scarf up above his head when the teams come out and just watch the rest of the hearts plus go what the fuck that would be that would be one for the ages wouldn't it oh come down, come down the full kit just I, I, full kit then take it off and fucking go in his heart's kit and play just, and miss just, a penalty and miss oh first one given against us all season yep you, you just see uh, Michael Beal coming in uh, the centre circle with a microphone and we have a new B-team manager, ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Stephen <laughs> <Nate> Smith. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> that would really put the cat amongst the pigeons. But look, as I say, there is, there is for a, a last game of the season, when the season's been an absolute shit show from start to finish, there is a few things there, especially for the Wayne's, you know what I mean? Um, especially for the younger generation as well. Um, and, you know... As I say, it's got that kind of testimonial feel about it, which I don't think is warranted, um, especially considering the season has been so bad. But then you look at the absolute legends and Davis and McGregor, then obviously the, the kill heroes and Kent and Morello. So I certainly will, at the very least, I will be tuning in. Um, I, I do hope to go. Still to decide on that, but um, we'll, we'll see what happens. But look, I'm sure I speak for all of you. I'll come run you from the table, but by fuck am I glad that this season is almost done. I am. Um, I just... I am so done with this Rangers team. I've not went in heavy on them the last couple of weeks because that's actually the biggest criticism. Sorry, the biggest criticism I can give this Rangers team is the fact that I've not even laid the boot into them because I just simply don't care about them anymore. And I know that's uh, I don't. Do you know what? I don't actually care how that comes across because the kind of end of season uh, lack of pressure, meaningless game winning run that this team customarily go on. Um, I fell for it once or twice before, but by the third and fourth time, I'm just like, nah, nah, not for me. Uh, off you go. Um, and what makes me sad is some people actually still fall for it. Some people are still falling for it. And that just shows you how far we've fell over the last decade or so. And we, we need to we need to make sure that this, this is it now. If we ever lose another league and there's meaningless games at the end of a season, it better be off the back of a winning season and the way it used to be where we win one, they win one, we win two, they win one, or it's kind of you know, back and forth because this uh, spell of inverted domination from Rangers, uh, that it really, really has to be the end because we are staring down a barrel. Um, Dave, you want to add into that? You want to agree with that? Uh, aye. The, this is the first season for two seasons where it's 
Peter Duke with nothing to play for or nothing, no getting a big payoff. Obviously, we had Trophy Day two years ago and last season we had Seville and then even then still the cup final. And I look at the buzz. I've watched a lot of the playoff football. I think a lot of the playoffs have been great this year. And you see these teams, the buzz it creates, the, the happiness, the fucking the kids with their face painted, the old folk, the crowd, the sense of community. And that's been lost to us. And this season's been a taste of going back to that four or five seasons coming up when, well, 10 seasons almost, but you know what I mean, the ones we're in the top league. Well, the season does just peters out and it's a series of glorified friendlies and it's kind of hard to stomach going back to that just pointlessness and the fact there's been so many games, just pointlessness and the season's just drifted to an end. has been quite hard to stomach. So that can't really happen again, but it's been a weird season. I agree, it's, it's felt fucking horrible pretty much for the get-go it's just felt weird and disjointed and the squad being the way it is and had to get a buzz up for end had not really had a great run at any point but we're about to go over 90 points we reached a cup final and a cup semi-final and the champions league which are all no for rangers right but reasonably sh- sort of achievements in one sense champions league came at a bad time with all injuries we were unlucky to come up against the only side in well, one of the only sides in recent history that beat us to a league with 90 odd points in it. So, in terms of actually winning matches and win percentage, most clubs' fans would point to us and go, What are you just about? He's won 75% of games, but it has just felt horrible like a slog and mentally taxing. I think this will hang over. Hopefully, we can sort of shake that. A bit of fresh blood, I think, will help with that. But I, like you, I'm very, very happy to be putting this entire season behind me. Tom? Yeah, exactly the same. Just. Get, get the next two games out of the way. Get rid of the players who, want, who are leaving. Get some new players in. We'll reorg and we just go again next season. Just forget the last 12 months ever happened. I can get on board with that. And uh, Eddie, you, you can sign us off here. Yeah, it's the, it's just apathy for the rest of the season. It's yeah, that, you're, I just, you're absolutely right. 100%, by the way. 100%. That's a perfect word. Just want it to end, be done with, and then reset. And hopefully next season, see a much improved um, squad much improved appetite from the team and and hopefully something we can actually cheer towards the end of the season. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. spot on. Perfect way to send off there. Um, so we will be back uh, twice this week. We'll be back uh, hopefully pretty uh, pretty much immediately after the game on Wednesday for some reaction. We'll then be previewing the the last game of the season, which is St Mirren um, away in Paisley, um, and then obviously we then go into the close season. Um, and we'll have some content for you, uh, hopefully some new shows as well. So there'll be two shows minimum this week and then one show minimum next week. <laughs> and, uh, um, there's Dave just, I don't know, don't know was it, you all right, Dave? Sorry, that was me. I forgot that was, to myself on. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, Dave, you couldn't have got so earlier. You must have gave it a Eddie. Aye, Jesus. Sounded uh, like it was taken off. <laughs> 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 oh, that's funny. But um, aye, it's 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 not been a great season. But listen, it's 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 our, it's been our debut season, so in many ways you can blame us. But um, we look forward to we look forward to um. Should people be only too happy to do that? <laughs> You've just handed them a free <laughs> a free ticket to blame us there. Nice one. That's fine. That's fine. That's fine. But um. Look, we will be back obviously next season. Hopefully, a few exciting things, a few exciting uh, new features as well. So, um, before I, I thank the guys, if you could follow us, like us, or subscribe to us on any of our social media channels, we're on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, we're on TikTok, YouTube, we're on Amazon Music, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. Um, on the kind of podcast sites, um, obviously, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Amazon Music. If you can subscribe there and leave a review, that would be great. Um, and all it remains for me to do is thank my, my guest Dave thanks very much mate right, yep cheers man right, cheers uh, Tom thanks very much always thanks for having us on always good to chat about Rangers even when it is a bit depressing <laughs> and uh, Eddie you alright <laughs> I think that's a fun Hi, I, don't know, I don't know how many I don't know how many podcasts I've I've done I've no I'm not particularly a podcast veteran but I can honestly say that's a first for me somebody sneezing <laughs> that is amazing the apathy for the podcast is setting in <laughs> You're allergic to these players, aren't you? Aye. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's, that's brilliant. Um, and also, obviously, obviously, uh, finally, uh, thank thank you guys, the listeners. Um, you've really helped us grow over um, the this, this season. Um, it's actually been quite uh, breathtaking, to be honest. I, I didn't expect 
one person to tune in and listen to us talk shit and there's been quite a few of you and let's hope that that number can even double next season um, and I'm pretty confident it will because uh, I know that I'm obviously working with good guys here and they put a lot of time and effort into this uh, for your charge as well may I add um, and I appreciate that I appreciate everyone of yours as well so um, we will as I say be back this week for our Hearts re- uh, preview, uh, review and a Sitmarin preview so join us then thanks very much